I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. People can change anything they want to. And that means everything in the world. Show me any country and there'll be people in it. It's time to take the humanity back into the center of the ring and follow that for a time. You know, think on that. Without people, you're nothing. Without people, you're nothing. Stoke the fire. Take two. And we're off, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition, another installment, another episode. I just tried to say all three of those in one and tripped up, but now I've just listed them <laughs> instead. It's Stoke the Fight like back. As always, it's your host from across the pond, Matt Stocks, Jesse Leach. Uh, I am in Warwick, as I often find myself these days. Jesse, I never know where you're going to be from one day to the next. You're in a hotel, but where? Pray tell. Uh, some town about 20 miles south of Dallas, Texas. Dallas. That's where I'll be yeah. in a couple of weeks. I fly to Dallas in... Two weeks from today, two weeks and two days, you'll be long gone by yeah. then. I will be long gone by then. You'll probably be in Mexico at that point, yeah. Is that the plan? <laughs> the second you finish this tour you're on with Slipknot, you're going to hit the road and head south of the border and just get lost for a while? Yeah, me and my lady going to get lost and reconnect. It's been a long six weeks, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, before we get this week's amazing guest on, um, a, a real legend in the United Kingdom, um, and, and somebody I'm, you know, thankful and honored to call a friend. Um, before we introduce him, I just want to say a big thank you to everybody really who's been messaging us via the Stoke the Fire platforms of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and email. And, and in many cases, me personally as well, two weeks ago, we got pretty deep and pretty intense on the show. Um, I, I guess kind of opened up the Pandora's box of some of the stuff I've been trying to contend with in, in recent times. And yeah, the feedback to it has been so beautiful. So I've, I've been moved and I just want to say a big thank you to everybody, um, who's taken the time. It means everything. Yeah. The people have been incredible. I get messages all the time from everybody about enjoying it and being able to relate to it and feeling like it's a, a form of therapy and catharsis for people. And I love that because that's why we're doing this shit. That's why we started this is to have that human condition to have people tell their stories, to find a common ground. And uh, yeah, it's been a blessing. Thank you everybody for your support. And how about last week as well? Um, we were joined by Jake Snufnarowski, who I know this week's guest knows very well. I'm sure he'll be able to tell us some Jake stories in a moment. But Jake just blew the roof off it, didn't he, Jesse? What a powerhouse of a conversation. And talk about therapy yeah. session. I mean, me and you must have said two words for that whole two-hour episode. It was just Jake kind of holding court and just taking us through you know, the avenues and alleyways of his insanely inspiring um, and uplifting personal journey of the last few years. It was, it was quite, the, uh, quite the ride, wasn't it? Yeah, it took me a, a good day or so to process that one. It's the most tears I've seen in a while, too. It was powerful, powerful stuff. And what a genuinely beautiful human being. So, yeah, if you haven't seen that episode, go back and prepare yourself for a deep dive and a brave man exposing his struggles yeah it was amazing yeah he's a hero of mine um and as is this man so without further ado let's bring yeah. him on ladies and gentlemen ginger wildheart is our guest for this week's episode of stoke the fire and yeah what an honor it is to have him on the show ginger flip your camera on and join us around the digital yeah, metaphorical campfire welcome to the show mate hi how are you yeah good brother cheers to you all, nice, all the better, nice all the better tea. Nice ginger tea. Yeah. I'm hoping to uh, drink something a little bit stronger at some point. But, uh, <laughs> uh, my producer's editing at the moment, so he's going to be pouring the drinks soon. So uh, I'll, I'll I'll join you on some uh, rehydration to start with. 
that's a good place to start. I'm just only in rehydration at the moment, Ginger. I've I've made a pact with myself to to knock booze on the head at least for the foreseeable future, and um, so far so good. Oh well, it's a brave thing that you're doing, um, and uh, obviously it's going to be worthwhile for you. Um, and everyone I know who's you know had issues with alcohol and they stopped, they've found the kind of life that they never even dreamed of having. Um, so if it is a problem or it is becoming a problem or an issue or whatever it is, then uh, you're making a, a very um, a brave a brave statement there by knocking it on the head and telling people that you've knocked it on the head, which is equally as brave because then you've got to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's kind of why I did it, mate, is I thought if I paint myself into a corner, I told my parents first, then I went on this show and told, you know, the world, at least the portion of the world who listen. And now it's public knowledge. So if I'm out and about having a beer and somebody sees me, I'd like to think they're going to call me on it now and be like, well, you said you weren't going to do that. Busted. <laughs> um, anyway, we've, we've talked enough about my relationship with alcohol. Um, you two, are you strangers? Are you, uh, you know, f- friends from afar? Have you two ever met or spoken or hung out in any context before this? No, uh, but I definitely know of Ginger. Um, growing up in the punk and rock and roll community, his name was on the lips of a lot of young people when I was growing up. Just uh, the name Wild Heart, Wild Man, you know, you had a reputation back then of just being kind of like a crazy guy, but a very hyper creative person in your music. And I could go on and on. I think you're an absolute legend. You're a creative force, and I have a ton of respect for you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Well, I watched the episode of your, I mean, you know, like, as much as I'd love to watch more um, uh, video blogs and uh, podcasts and stuff, life gets in the way. But I did watch the episode with your girlfriend on. Oh yeah. Well, oh, what a what a what a what a brave concept, not just for her, but for uh, as the show, you know, to um, to talk about you know a lot of stuff that's still considered taboo. Uh, and knowing how much it's going to mean to a lot of people, so I was just like, I've, I've got to get on that show. And I did a, I did one of these with Matt a while ago, and it was at the end of a, a solid day of interviews that started at nine o'clock, and I think we started talking about six o'clock, and my eyes were closing by the time we. So I don't know how much sense I made. Um, so uh, I'm really, really happy to be here. Really. Well, do you know what, Ginger? That chat you're referring to was, um, I think, about two years ago now and i re-listened to it today for the first time just ahead of this chat and i think i know why you came away with it feeling perhaps a little bit disappointed is because you were just in a bit of a somber place at that time and we went pretty deep and it wasn't necessarily an uplifting kind of positive podcast experience but what it was was raw and real and very honest and it's you know it's still a favorite of mine and actually going back and hearing it again today was reminded of you know, like Jesse, you're somebody that's been spokesman might be the wrong term, but I would certainly see you as that and certainly an advocate for talking about the things that we get into on this show, um, you know, in an open, accepting, sympathetic platform. Is that something you've always tried to do as far back as you can remember in interviews and when talking to fans and all the rest of it? Um, yeah, well, I started getting involved um, in uh, in. Uh, the internet about 98 or something i was like i was early i was i was in like right off the bat um and i just shared my stories and they had such a big impact i just thought oh the internet's good until i realized that it's not really it's the, just a lot of crap interspersed with good stuff and um but i always maintained a relationship with the people from that 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 those early kind of blogs that i was doing um, and it kind of it started from there. Now with the advent of Twitter and things like that, I find that me opening up on Twitter is, is as cathartic, if not more cathartic for me than it is for anyone else. And a lot of people are like, "Oh, thank you for being so open." And I'm like, "This is a two-way street. I'm not I'm not doing this because I'm trying to, you know, do or be something. I'm doing this because sometimes I don't know where to turn. I, I, you know, when when Medication's not working when your doctors don't understand, when no one you really know understands. You go to the experts, and the experts are the people that are struggling with this. So I go straight to the source, straight to Twitter, and I get expert advice. I get people coming back who've got like, 
You know, they've been fighting this foe every day for decades. They're the people that you want to talk to when you when you run out of ideas yourself. So it's a two way it's a two way thing. Wow, I can totally relate to that. That's brilliant. Um, you put into words what I've been thinking and feeling for so long, and the reason why I even find myself in a much better place is because I decided at one point that I just need to start talking about it on the internet. And you're right. Some of the best advice I've gotten from strangers and fans and friends, new friends on the internet. I love that. That's great. It's, it, it's invaluable. It's invaluable. And, 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 and some of the, you know, be, your mind can overcomplicate the easiest of things, you know, with the, with, with the wrong amount of, you know, the lack of sleep or you, you haven't eaten enough or you're just feeling a bit mental. Um, and you can just talk to some of these people and they'll give you the most simple advice that you never would have in a million years come up with in your fevered um, attempt to make sense of things. And they just give you so this beautiful, almost, you know, nursery rhyme advice. And, and you're just like, well, where would I be without you lot? You know, mm-hmm. there's a good chance I wouldn't be here without, without the support of the people that, you know, listen to my music. Um, and you know, it's it, for me. It's not. It's, it's not a competition. It's not, I've been doing this a long time. I'm fortunate enough to to have been doing this a long time still, you know, without having to get a proper job. Um, and it's uh, that's you know what I'm 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 personally living the dream. What I would have considered the dream when I was younger, and the fact that it's got a a, a, a gravitas. It's got a, a weight behind it. It's the there's it it's. It's doing some emotional work as well as me just, you know, getting to write music. Um, it's it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. I'm, I really do feel very, very fortunate. I get a lot of people saying, well, what, you know, you're a bit of an underachiever. You could have done this and you could have done that. Um, no, no, I, I could have just sold more units for someone in a position of administration behind a desk who doesn't do anything musical. You know, everyone I work with, is involved in music, whether it's the you know taking it in, letting it out. Uh, you know, music is the uh, is the medicine here, uh, and I, I I still think of music as a as a medicinal, magical kind of thing. Uh, and it's uh, and, and just to know that you can write a song and and it it, it helps you get through. You get a you get a, an idea for a song. It just helps you get through this po- this period, this point. Um, and just be honest with the lyrics, and then it goes out there, and you feel better for it. And then, you know, six months, a year later, someone else hears the song and says, "Oh, it had a, it had a, you know, a, a beneficial effect to me." You're right. This is, this is beyond a hobby. This is beyond a job now. This is a, yeah. this is a like a service or something. You know, without mean it, it may try to make it sound like more important than it is. I do feel that there's an element of service, which is, I think, why. Musicians get to last a long time, especially in the face of adversity, is when they do consider it a service. They're not, they're not believing in their own hype and they're not swimming around in their own awesomeness. They're just being a human being on this side of the camera, on this side of the photo pit, on this side of the, the speakers. But um, it's still, you know, working class attitude all the way. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a thankful. I'm, a, I'm full of gratitude. What's your yeah, take you just, on that, Jesse? Um, I imagine you come from exactly the same place again. Yeah, it's pretty pretty astounding how spot on you are with how, how I think and feel. Um, yeah, I just got chills over my entire body when you were talking about um, you know being of service to people because I'm seeing it every night out here. You know, back on the road again. You know, there's a song in particular, well, two really that I've written that are about mental illness, mental health, mental struggles. Uh, one is called I Am Broken Too, another is called Strength of the Mind. And every night we play those songs, I see this reaction. And some people are crying. Some people are like screaming back at me with just such intensity. And it's like words that I wrote in my dark, darkest times and just needed sort of to not feel alone in the world. And then being able to do this live every single night and see that physically see that I'm not alone. And there's p- thousands of people out there that are relating to what I wrote. It is one of the most incredible things ever. And it, it didn't start out that way for me, you know, as a kid, a, a young punk, I was just pissed off and never thought of that 
stuff. And now the only reason I still do this, honestly, I mean, I don't really have anything else either, but because of that connection and that connection has healed me and continues to like push me forward. And even on like my dark days out here when I'm missing home and I'm tired, and I'm exhausted. Those shows pick me right up. The moment before I go on stage, I might be feeling a ton of things. When I get off that stage, those things are gone. And I just feel like thank, thankful that I get to do this. It's incredible. So well-spoken, man. It, well, I've, I've just come off a tour and it's the first tour I've done, like a lot of people, it's the first tour I've done for a couple of years. Um, and, you know, you, 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 your match fitness uh, drops. You, 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 you know, just to know that you're mentally prepared is kind of gone. And I had, I've never had that big a break. I've never had a two-year break in playing since I started playing around about 15, 16 years old. So coming, after, coming back after two years and I'm on stage, you know, walking towards the stage, just feeling really like out of my depth. And then as soon as you get on stage, that connection, yeah. it's, the, it's, it's the first thing that I forgot and the first thing that I remembered. As soon as I walked on the stage, that connection just plugged me back in. And it didn't matter what I was feeling, didn't matter how, how tired I was, like you say, just knowing that, that you've got that connection there. You know, it's one thing, people getting in touch with you online, it's vital. Um, but to see them there and you're, and you're almost, you know, sonically speaking, you're, you're conversing with these people, you're touching these people um, and they're, they're letting you know that, you know, you're not just a, a, a dancer, you know what I mean? It's like there's something going on. I, that, the strength of that blew me away, and I, and I find that that's all that matters now. And I, I used to carry out, you know, yourself. You get on tour, and there's, you know, someone's not speaking to someone, or there's, so, there's some dramas going on, and and <laughs> I hate that on stage. And now I get on, the only we only exist for ninety minutes of the day, as far as I'm concerned. That that show starts, we're alive. That show ends, everyone can go and do what they want. It doesn't matter. But that I, I found a, a uh, a comfort in that 90 minutes that uh, I didn't use to have. Again, the, the gratitude. I, I didn't, you know, you, you put, you, you do your best. You give 100% of what you can. But uh, I think that the, it's changed a little bit now. The um, the appreciation for what you do, for what I, from what I do, is is changed a little bit. I'm I'm more aware of 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 it having a an effect, a, a positive effect with people. And uh, oh, there's nothing, nothing more important than that. That's you were amazing. Yeah, on the same page in the studio in the same way, Ginger, with the Wild Hearts guys. Um, obviously, when you're on stage, you've got the audience there. You're kind of reminded of how fortunate you are. But in the studio, you can just get lost in the, you know, this needs to be tuned down. Or, I mean, how was the recording process for the last record for you guys as a group after all these years? Uh, weird, because we it was the first album uh, that we've never rehearsed we never got in a room and and kind of learned what everyone was going to play so it was done by passing you know i wrote the songs and then the drummer would put on some bon tempi drum kit or whatever he does however he puts electrical drums on, on uh, shitty demos and um and then we, we sent around everybody else we fortunately we've got a, a producer um dave draper who, I met Dave the other night at the um, professional show in Birmingham. All right. Yeah. Um, and he, uh, he's not even listening to it. He's ignoring us now. I think. Is he in there with you right now, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's editing something. <laughs> Amazing. Stuff. Say hello to him later on. Uh, but, uh, but he, you know, he, he knows the band and he's and me and him have worked a lot. So he knew what we needed to get done. Um, and it was weird. We, it, it might have worked. It might not have worked. It was just a, a case of everyone just coming in and playing what they thought the song needed without me knowing what they were going to do. And then hearing it all finished and a bit later on down the line, it was, um, it was an eye-opener. I wouldn't want to do another album like that again, but it, it sounds a lot more cohesive than it, than it might have done um, in the wrong hands. So it, it, it worked great, but it was a, a weird way of going about things, not knowing what people are going to play, especially the Wild Arts. We're a... You know, we're when when we're not all the same type of person. You know, it's not we don't all share the same DNA. So I could I could have went to see. You know, someone could have been, you know, you know, 
approaching it like a hip-hop record another guy who's approaching it like a hardcore punk record but you know fortunately we didn't we just we all did the job that was that was needed to do and it was it it's like i say it sounds sounds very together um but i do I, you know I, I prefer that you know going into the studio knowing it's going to be good or knowing that you feel confident about it i prefer that are you friends would you say you're friends at this stage <clears throat> No, I think I, th I think after all this time, the fact that we're not really friends really goes. It shows one of two things: a that we're we're probably never going to be buddies, and b that we just really like the music. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it because there's not enough camaraderie in it. And I'm at the age now; I've been doing this for so long. I I I can't be. I've got no time for people that don't support you and don't, you know, don't you don't share the same kind of politics and, and things like that. Um, and the only place in my life that I, I associate with people that I don't really, I wouldn't normally get on with is, is in the wild heart. And because people think it's like a gang and stuff, it, it, it's, it's not. We're, we're so unsupportive for each other that to, <laughs> to be in a band in the wild hearts with mental health problems is, a, is sometimes a, a pretty precarious position to be in. You know, and every now and again you forget and you open up to the band and the band turn around. It's like, the fuck are you talking about? You know, I've got real problems, not like yours. <laughs> like, fuck. So, yeah, yeah, we're not friends. We're not, we're not friends. We're, we, we just, we play music well together. And that's the honest, honestly God truth. I love the honesty. That's wild, man. Um, I wanted to go back to, uh, before we even recorded, you mentioned being sort of, a bit fatigued mentally from the studio and from writing. And I can relate to that fully. I feel like every album I go through a pretty serious depression and uh, come out the other side better for it. Cause I'd gotten to record most of it and put my words and, and feelings and darkness and light into the lyrics. What are you drawing upon with, with this record? Where's your, where's your head at with writing and lyrics and coming out of this strange time, how has that inspired you or pushed you or changed you in any way? Um, well, my, it, uh, you know, living in England, it's, 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 you know, it, it's quite, it's hard not to be inspired to write lyrics living in a, a country as fucked up as England. Um, you know, politically, socially, you know, even just the weather, you know, it's just, it lends itself to, to having a, a, you know, a pretty aggressive approach to writing lyrics, and it's it's still the still the same since I was a kid. I was still shouting about something, and now I'm just shouting about you know fewer things, and ju and just probably shouting a little bit louder and more direct. But it's you know it, it invariably falls back down to people's intolerance towards each other, and, the, and you know, and the lack of love, the lack of, of connection. Um, not just in my country, in the whole world. Um, it, you know, it's a, it, I, I used to, back in the day when I used to believe in, in, in spiritual evolution and that the, the, the human race, you know, any moment now is going to develop a, a, a love and a tolerance for each other. And that's, I just don't believe that's ever going to happen now. I think, I think we're probably, you know, not too far away from screwing the whole thing up anyway, because you know we're, we're the only species on the on the planet that tries to fuck with its own species for <laughs> no game whatsoever. And my, you know, as, as as a reporter of the human condition, like yourself, a lyric writer, um, I just uh, I just find that it's it's an endless source of inspiration, not happy inspiration. I would I would like to probably write a few more happy songs, but I don't get many happy songs. Anyway, happiness is its own reward. Usually, if I'm happy, the last thing I want to do is pick up a guitar and write a song about it. I want to go and do something nice with my little boy or take my dog out or something, you know? Um, but, you know, injustice and frustrations in, uh, with society, that's a lot of a lot of material in there. That's a, that's a rich well for, for inspiration. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, I mean, and beautiful at the same time where you can take these things that frustrate you or anger you or things you just don't understand. You know, you mentioned intolerance. That's a huge thing for me. 
a huge bane of why I write what I write because I just don't fucking understand why people treat the way they treat each other. And, and from all that sort of ugliness of human nature can come something so beautiful because people hearing that type of message feel relieved that they're not the only ones out there that want the world to be a better place. And it really is an interesting slippery slope of like, for me personally, I champion trying to stay positive in my mind, but a lot of my inspiration comes from darkness and negativity and the fucked up shit. And I just find that so beautiful and hearing you voice that as well. It, what else can you do with it? You know, it's either you allow that energy to drag you down or as an artist, you, you make something out of it. And that gives you a real sense of purpose and drive amidst all the shit that we're, we're living through and seeing. Um, and I'm not, go ahead. That connection with people, like you said, that's, you know, it's, I don't think people are expecting miracles. They just don't want to feel alone in the way that they're feeling, their frustrations. Uh, and, and that's, that is a beautiful thing to, to know that someone else is as pissed off with this as you yeah. are. And it's someone that who you respect or you like the music of or something like that. That's almost like the cherry on the top. And a lot of people, are, a lot of the artists that I like are dark, you know, got dark thoughts. And, and, and because they're, 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 they're radars, you know, set on exactly the same injustices as mine is. And it's almost like that's, you know, it's 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 a comfort to share the same politics as uh, as the people that you respect. So whether it's Bob Mould or whether it's Steve Earle or you know, it, it you're getting. I, I often wonder what it's like if you were a kind of a, a right wing kind of fan of punk and you didn't agree with anything that the people like your your heroes thought. It must be weird. You know, unfortunately, <laughs> all the music I like is kind of left wing, left end of you know socialist kind of thing agenda. Um, Let me throw this in the mix though, Ginger, because nowadays you do have situations where you'll have a band like Bad Religion or Rage Against the Machine, like you know these iconic political bands that have made an entire career out of writing songs which challenge, you know, authority and the government, and then you have. Trump fans who are somehow surprised that the machine that Rage are rebelling against are actually the one that they're behind. And you get these people now online who are like, bad religion need to stay out of politics. And like, God, don't you hate it when Tom Morello gets political? And it's like, hey, isn't that why you love this band? And that's now a thing. Like, you obviously toured and traveled, you know, and performed to crowds and were dealing with the media and you had experience of pre-internet life in, you know, quite a, a rich and varied wage injury. Have you seen the internet accelerate this insane division or do you just think it's always been there? And I mean, what role do you think maybe the internet has played in the madness that we're now in? Yeah, yeah it has accelerated. It, it's given it's given people license to be a dickhead, you know, like, I bet, you know, back, back in pre-internet days, people had the decency to lie. Um, and now everything's <laughs> openly, honestly stupid um, to, to the point where it, it doesn't even matter if it, like you say, has no bearing in anything that's supposed to matter in their life, whether it's the, you know, the, the music that or the message that these bands have been spreading for decades and decades for them to finally say, oh, they should, you know, musicians should just stay out of politics. You're like, what on earth are you talking about? Music <laughs> or politics? The, the, the idea of music is political. You're, 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 you're speaking to someone, you're connecting to someone, that's political. If it isn't political, then what the hell is? You know? And, and, and the internet has given rise to this idea that, that politics is like a, a competition, like a sport. And so if there's a, a vote goes through, whether it's Brexit or whether it's the, you know, a, a right-wing political party, and it's like, you know, you lost, we won, deal with it. And you're like, you... You won nothing. You're so yes. stupid. You're so up your own arsehole. Uh, you you realise that we, you know, we, we all lost and we're all getting yes. fucked by the same dick. You're just so fucking stupid. <laughs> you don't fucking even realise. And I, It must be, sometimes I think it must be a, a comfort in being stupid. And I wish that I was a little bit less, uh, a bit less um, politically active or, 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 you know, socially, you know, having a conscience you know it must be nice to just not give a shit <laughs> <laughs> the peaceful life right yeah 
It must be love. That must be the goal, right? But musicians are just state of politics. Wouldn't it be lovely to think like that? You know? <laughs> you know? I'd, I'd, I, it must be great to be stupid. I, it, it, it sounds like a, it sounds like bliss. Yeah, I was reading an interesting quote earlier, which was saying that suffering That's is... That's funny, man. I, uh... Go on, Jess. little delay. No, it was yeah, it was a weird delay, but I don't want to cut you off and go. You sure? You were on a roll. It's just a quick one. I was reading this quote that says suffering yep. is an inevitable consequence of evolution, um, which was an interesting concept. Maybe we could talk about that in relation to to mental health as well, because I often wonder sometimes if I was less sensitive or you know smart or in tune or aware, then I wouldn't have these dark thoughts because i would be as you sort of ginger's alluding to there like blissfully ignorant and i do wonder if in the same way that our bodies have been evolved to you know you, you experience physical pain as a protection like if you put your hand over a fire ow that hurts it's a reminder to not do that again have either of you two in your experience found that the suffering that you experience mentally is part of that instinct for human survival to try and protect ourselves against falling for the same traps again if you experience that in any is there any point to our mental suffering basically does it have anything good to give us in the long run or is it all just fucking torture <laughs> wow yeah, jesse's take on this um yeah i think for me and i had this conversation a few years ago with the therapist about being an artist and having this you know crippling depression at the time and ang severe anxiety which you know i've really come to terms with lately but you know she asked would would you change it would you take it away would you switch brains and not have these issues and i really had to think about it and i said no i my my disorders my my the shit that makes me broken and fucked up is my muse and I wouldn't be me without it. The way I view the world, my suffering sometimes with my music, well, most times with my lyrics and my music is my art. And you take that away, I don't know how much I'd have to offer because my identity is, is so much a big part of who I am is the darkness, is the suffering. And being able to go through that suffering to come out with something valuable to share, I think that's what it's all about. You know, as an artist, as somebody who, I can't help it. You know, I can't help but express myself because I do want to help others deal with what I deal with. So, no, I mean, I think we need to understand our suffering, but I, I can't, and I don't wish it to go away. I don't wish to be completely whole again and not have to suffer because I don't think I'd have much to offer the world had I not gone through what I went through. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. You know, the word, where would the music come from? You know what? Well, you 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 might still make music. It just wouldn't be very good. <laughs> but, I won't say who it was, but I was watching. I was listening to an interview the other day, and they were asking this uh, singer-songwriter, who's you know, I've got a lot of um, love for their uh, material, and they were saying, so you know, well, who do you listen to? And they're saying, I don't listen to anyone. I don't listen. To, the last thing I want to do is put music on. You know, I watch TV, and I'm just thinking, what? A bizarre job to have if you don't get anything from other people's music yeah. and my thing is i like music that takes me a, a lot of different places but i definitely need some a lot of honesty i need some good lyricists with something to say and it ain't if they've got a lot to say it ain't all all flowers and romance um and I, but to be a musician or to be a writer and not listen to other people's music that's weird. That's that. That must, you know, that must lessen the need to make music. I mean, the, the, again, that 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 uh, comfort that you have in someone that you respect saying something, and you're like, yeah, you know, just well, well said, well said. Um, but but the only musical inspiration that you get is you. <laughs> that, that is, <laughs> That's ego, right? It's bizarre. It's bizarre. It's like what. You know, I'm, I make music because I love music and music heals me. And I know when someone says that a song of mine's made them feel good, I know that. 
you know, because someone just did it to me. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm praying at the altar of this person, not them, but the fact that they are, are similar to me to be able to, you know, state something in a, in a well, you know, rounded lyric that, that is, that is, it's almost like it's fresh. It's reinvented that whole subject. Oh, that's not the first thing I want to do is go and pick my guitar up and go like, oh, this is, this is what it's all about. That, that cocoon of, uh, of understanding in a, in a confusing world. Music's one of the few things I do understand and love and can rely on, you know, and really fucking need. Um, and thank God for dark people like, like ourselves, Jesse, because uh, that's, that's what's going on. I don't want people to, to ignore that, you know. Hmm. Whether it's movies or, or writing, you know, just and and I need the the real stuff there, you know, to feel like things are, you know, it's worth getting out of bed, you know. Yeah, I think we need the darkness to balance out the light, and same with, you know, people always talk about wanting to be happy, wanting to be happy. Happiness is fleeting, you know. I think fulfillment and a sense of purpose is a more permanent thing. You know, in my life, I like to be happy, but it doesn't always inspire me to to want to progress as a human being or or to dig deep within myself. So I, as I get older, especially, I embrace it. And you're right. I going back to what you said about music. I can't even fathom when I talk to somebody or if I meet somebody, and the subject of music comes up and they have no input or they're like whatever. I I automatically am like I don't know how I can continue to relate to this person because. Because music is everything to me. Like, if you don't really care what you listen to, or if you're not even listening to music, I, I, we could never really connect on a really deep level. Because music has saved my life. There's certain lyrics, there's certain themes, there's certain bands, certain records that have shaped me and continue to propel me and want to be a better musician because those things just propel you into creative bliss music is bliss when you're feeling low you put on music when you're feeling happy you put on music like music is everything it's the soundtrack to our lives i can't imagine my life without it either there's a beautiful dolly parton uh quote that said when you're happy you listen to the music when you're sad you listen to the words and it's so simplistic but it, oh, like it keeps it keeps you know re repeating itself all the time she really did nail something there there's something in it. There's something in music for however you're feeling. And it's that, mm. you know, whether it's the rhythms, whether it's the riffs, whether it's the, the you know, the message. But it's, you know, on a, on a, just on, a, on a, a, a dense DNA level, my, my DNA is musical. It, it needs that to exist. I think I'd be better off without food than I would be without music. Um, and... You know, there have been times in my life when I've eaten a lot less than I've listened to, you know, in the dark old days when eating was cheating. I still <laughs> listen to music 24-7 and I listen to music all the time. I, I, I have music on all the time. If I'm driving, if I'm in the house, you know, and just buying music, you know, you know, getting a, a better version of a vinyl that you had when you were a kid and the vinyl turns up and you put it on and it sounds so much better than your old scratchy version. That that thing. Imagine someone not having that. It's a mm. it's 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 a joy that's available. And for people, especially musicians, to go, oh, I'm, I'm not that bothered. You're like, yeah. <laughs> in the wrong life, the wrong you should be managing. You should be that guy in the admin behind the desk because you've got no place in the making of music because you don't even fucking love it. And I mean, uh, you know, it, it's, this is not just, it, this is, you know, whether a musician or a listener or, you know, fortunately for, for some of us both, um, it's, it's, it's universal. We're all, going, we're all feeling exactly the same thing, that connection in a world of confusion. I don't think anything does that better than music. Mm. Where you speak so passionately about music and I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Where do you think it all comes from for you? Was there a moment, a band, a song um, in particular where you, as a young person, you were like, oh, this is for me. Oh, I get this. Like a, anything that sticks out in your childhood that really propelled you to want to do this. Oh, all, all of it. I mean, being <laughs> yeah. a kid and 
you know, seeing a picture of Kiss and being like, what, what is that? What, you know, before even music was a thing, it was almost like they were just like a superheroes. But then, they, you know, it was musical. So you bought the record. Ah, oh, this is great. And then you hear the Ramones and you go, ah, oh, Kiss is not so great anymore. Ramones just changed the whole landscape. Um, wow. And then listening to Overkill by Motorhead for the first time and just be, you can't play that fast. <laughs> no one can play. You can't keep that up for three minutes. And then listening to Discharge, who were three times faster than Motorhead. Like this, it's been ever yes. since. All the time, music is doing something to, to me. Uh, physically, spiritually, definitely emotionally, um, it 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 all all the time. It's, I've never, I never stop being inspired by music, you know. And it's and, it, and, it, and it's just, you know, the the revelations are still as big now as they were when I was a little kid, when I knew nothing, when it was all just magic, and you know, I didn't I didn't know the chords they were playing, and I didn't, you know. I didn't understand the, the the recording process, but that 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 kills nothing for me. It doesn't destroy the myth at all. I still listen to records as an absolute fan, you know, not not as a critic at all. I'm you know I'm a critic of my own stuff, but I'm so non-critical of 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 other people's music. It's just it's for me or it's not for me, mm. you know. Are you happiest when you're making or playing music, Ginger? Does anything else aside from your kids? Does anything else in this world bring you the kind of solace or peace or joy I, I, that I music like, does? I don't like the word happiness. I'm, I don't trust it. But um, it, that, that, that sense of, 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 of purpose is, uh, is, is always more evident when, when I'm making music. Um, playing music is that connection that we talked about earlier. There's that instant connection. It's almost like just you know, reaching out to that many people at the very, very same time and having a moment like that is, you know, nothing but live music does that. But then there's something about coming up with a song um, and, and and just going, I did it again. I only know five or six chords and I, and, you know, <laughs> I just wrote my 600th song. How on earth is that possible? And then you write a second song and you go, oh, it's an album. I'm pregnant again with another album. And that, and that thing of, of it's all going to be all right. Just because my guitar just puked out another, you know, my, my the seven chords re, re rejigged in a different order than the other five hundred and odd songs that I've written, um, it's magic. It, it 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 confirms everything that I need to 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 believe in. Um, just to stop myself from running out of purpose, um, you know, and it. It's a, it's it's the most beautiful and pure distraction as well, um, and the and the great thing about writing music is you know it's usually you've been outside you've seen a few things that have just made you want to lose your shit and you just come back in the house lock the door and just go just just stay away from me reality just for a little while and then the guitar does something and yeah it, it is technically reality but it's magic you know something is happening between you and your relationship with music and uh it's the most beautiful distraction it gets rid of all of those negative feelings it stops you from doing something silly and ending up in jail um you know i think it's a win-win really hmm. <laughs> that's a, didn't mean that to sound quite that uh well no, no, that but there, there has been nights ginger hasn't there there has been nights you know where we we do find ourselves in these situations. Jesus, the night of a thousand cuts, absolutely. And it just seems like the the, the dawn is a billion years away. And whatever gets you through that night is, you know, you just got to start clinging on to anything that looks like it's going to float. Um, wow. you know, so without without, you know, I'll, I'll tend to listen to music like that. But if you've got something ruminating in you, like a set of lyrics and you're churning them around, trying to find a, a central message, that is the best way of getting through a bad night that I've ever found. That's such a poetic way to put it. Just grab something to float on. Or that idea, that image of that desperation, because I've been there. I mean, long nights on the tour bus, missing home, back when I was boozing hard and, you know, I found moderation, thankfully in my older years, but those nights of desperation and you put on a song and it 
saves your fucking life honestly that's what music has always done for me in that moment of darkness someone's reaching out through their lyrics and speaking to me and just you can't really put words to that but i love the description you just said like almost like clinging for a flotation device amidst this this torrential sea of well, darkness it, that's beautiful it, it it's it I, I heard it described music is the is the sound of feelings you know it's a, it's it's the sound of emotions made manifest i guess um but you must have had that you know especially nights when i've been drinking heavily um and you just and a song has found you you haven't found it it's found you and you just put it on again and again and again yeah. more than enough hours in the day to ever get sick of this song it's it it's almost way bigger than something that was recorded in a studio and released by some corporate body this thing is like it's it's gone straight to source it's it's it's, it's your savior this one song and i and i, I remember my life being saved by um no regrets by the walker brothers and, and scott walker didn't even write this song it was a cover version but it just this song i remember i put it on i put it on i put it on and i played it so many times that, that, that i was in a hotel somewhere and the the next door neighbors um complained and the police came <laughs> and, I, I was, and i was told off for playing this song too many times in a row. I'm just like, you've got to come on. I've got to give you a backstory here. And the left, you know, give me a pat on the shoulder and go, well done. You know, fuck those people next door. You know, they'll be, they'll be fine. Are you going to be fine, sir? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's going to be all right. Thank God for the war with us. But yeah, the, those those songs or those albums that you just, it reaches you at a point where it's, without that album, things could have just went in a, in a far less uh, productive trajectory. Hmm. How's Maggie doing, Ginger? She's right over there. She's uh, she's frustrated because she wants me to take her for another shit. But she, <laughs> This is it. Ginger's dog, by the way, not his better half. Take me down. Come here, darling. Come here. Say hello. Sorry. Matt, that's going to kill me. There <laughs> <laughs> she is. So I wonder if you could shed some light, Ginger, on just how much of a key role your oh, dog has, has played in your life and what pets can do for people who are lost. And so cute. Well, unless you're a very, very lucky person and you've found a tolerant partner who, who, who gets it, you, you've, got, you know, you've got more chance of finding that in a dog. You know, they're not, they're not, it's not, they haven't got an agenda. They're not, you're not going to fall out with a dog and then not speak, you know, so you wasted all time in a relationship with someone for nothing. Um, you know, the friendship with a dog is real. Um, and, and, the, and the main thing to think about as a dog is you, you are its world. You've had other things in your life and his dog is a new thing or it's an existing thing, but you are its mom, its dad, it's, you know, it's, it's source for food, everything. You mean so much to that dog. So if you if you're just honest and 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 trusting and loving with the dog, it's giving you nothing but a hundred percent positivity back. Um, and you know, I don't mean to sound over cynical, but you don't get that by with many human beings, especially in sexual relations. So I've got everything apart from the sex with my dog. But that's <laughs> you know, just one of the things where we. As you get older, you learn to live without certain things. I've managed to live without crack now, and I've managed to live without, you know, wanting to get violent with people anymore. So I can have sex for a while. Um, but uh, I, the, the thing that fucked me up, uh, fucks me up with relationships is the, is the, the you realise that the friendship wasn't there. You, you kind of invented that part, or you invented part of the character of this person that you've been spending a few years with, and then you break up and you don't, you can't even be friends. Ah, oh, that, that that kills me. That's just like I, not, I don't even want anyone to ever touch me again. I don't want to get affection with anyone for the rest of my life. You know, it's just me and my dog. And by the time she, bless her, you know, shuffles off this mortal coil, I'll be late nearly seventy, and I'll, I'll be good with that. You know, I'll, I'll probably join her. But um, I've got something now that I trust. And, I, and, and if you're a human being and you've got that with another human being, then you lucky motherfucker, be good. You know, deserve it. Um, but yeah, 
you got you got a lot more chance of finding a lasting, respectful relationship with the dog because uh, they, you are it. They're not, you know, they're not after anything, or they're not like I say. There's no agenda. There. There's no secret agenda. And you know, people are good at pretending. That's one that I've found. Whether even with friendships, people are good at pretending until it, it comes to the to the crunch, and you're like, "Wow, you actually, you're not a good person. You, I have invented you. You know, you're 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 not you." Um, and that, the thing I like about Maggie the most is that she, you know, what you see is what you get. I need that. Mm. Heavy stuff, man, but so true. I mean. I can I can speak to that point as well in my life, you know. And thankfully, I'm now at a spot where I do have something good that is started out as a friendship that became love, and I'm blessed for that. But you know, I could say that about cats too. I know it's cats and dogs are very different, and that's a whole other discussion. But <laughs> the love I get from my cats, I absolutely adore and love. And even when they're being finicky and have attitude, I, I think it's hysterical. Animals are such a blessing. Dogs and cats to me, it's such a blessing. I love that. And that's the first animal appearance on Stoke the Fire. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Facts, facts. Yeah, you should just you should just do one of these with Maggie. Yeah. <laughs> She's great to look at. We just invent subtitles for beneath yeah. the box. Uh, well, you know, sometimes, I mean, I, I know her so well now. I mean, we wake up in, you know, this close to each other. Most mornings, and I just look in her face, and and I I know what's going on. I know what she would be saying if she could, you know, put things into words. But she really doesn't have to put things into words. You know, it's all there. It's all it's all absolutely hundred percent honest, and it's pretty, you know, consistent and and very obvious. That's mm. animals are great. It's the, it's the honesty. You just I love that honesty. There's no. There's nothing hidden, you know. They want to tell you what they're thinking. They'll tell you what you're thinking, whether they're shitting in your bag because they don't want you to go home, or whether they're jumping all over you because they're glad to see you. <laughs> you know? Or shitting in your bag because they don't want you to go on tour. I used to have a cat, and my cat used to do that. Whenever he knew I was going on tour, and it would always find a way of shitting in my bag when I wasn't looking. <laughs> and, and you know. Nine times out of ten, I'd packed the bag before I even knew, and it wasn't until I got to the first gig. I'm like, you little motherfucker, you know, he's missing me. Bless him. But yeah. You mentioned yeah, crack I mean, a moment ago, Ginger. I'd like to ask you, do you think there is anything positive in, in any of the drugs that are available to us as 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 a human species? Um, as as a man who's sampled and experimented with his fair share and seen the damage they can do, um, you know, with a bit of distance from kind of the nineties, do you think that there was positive experiences from any of those dalliances with the dark side? The drugs didn't do any damage. The people taking the drugs did the damage. You know, it's a bit. You know, it's like, it's like anything else. It's like, you know, guns don't kill people. Idiots do. Well, and bullets. But you know, um, I think all, all drugs are positive. You know, especially the ones that grow out the ground because they're there for a reason. You know, I think it's just people's, whether it's, you know, it's, it's, it, it could be, you know, it breaks down either loneliness or just frustration, lack of, of, of communication or lack of contact or, or lack of belonging. Um, or you're just a wanker, you know, and you, do, you don't care that it's ruining other people's lives as well by you just deciding that I'm going to be, um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna screw people over in in the pursuit of my own happiness. Then yeah, that's not drugs. You're just a twat. You know, I, I think drugs got a really bad reputation. I think they're all good if you use them properly. Just human beings aren't very good at using anything properly. Drugs included, alcohol, for example. I mean, I, in 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 my business, in our business, and I don't know many people that still have a drink, and and alcohol still gets the blame. I'm like, it's nothing to do with alcohol. It's to do with your inability to stop drinking until something bad happens. You know, if if we if we were all if we if we if there was more belonging, if there was more you know communication, more humility in the human race, then there wouldn't be drug problems. They're all you know the 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 
dissolution. You know, it's all the, the, the separa separation from the species. This is why we, you know, why, why we um, abuse anything. Because we don't feel, you know, together as a species. You know, we stopped being an animal a long time ago when we thought we were better. Um, and so, yeah, there you go. Uh, give someone with that attitude some drugs and they're not going to probably do a very good job of taking them. But I think, I think all drugs, uh, you know, are, are positive. You know, there's, no, yeah. there's nothing wrong with things, mushrooms growing out the ground or opium poppies or, or, or you know, cannabis growing out the ground. Yeah, obviously, it's a plant. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. It's an hour. Can you believe we've been chatting for an hour? It feels about like five or six minutes. Does that, does that mean you've got to get off? I've got to start work. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's kind of wrap towards a close. Jesse, off the back of that, have you got anything you wanted to kind of add or share in relation to what Ginger's just said there? Yeah, I'm, I completely agree with everything. I Honestly, man, I've agreed with every single thing you've said today. It's kind of ridiculous. I feel like I've just been a yes man today. But <laughs> brilliant. No, it's just that when you find people who are think similar to you, like, it just gives you a, I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of losing my words here. I just really enjoyed this, honestly, number one. And number two, um, yeah, I think you have to find what works for you as far as, you know, talking about drugs and medicines and things that grow out of the earth. You know, I'd say microdosing mushrooms has been a total game changer for me. It's really helped me out a lot. And when I was younger, I would do those things to escape. And now I do them to aid me to connect more to people. Um, and moderation has definitely been a huge thing for me. Like I, I've got friends around me that don't drink and I enjoy a glass of wine. I enjoy a nice dark rum and it stops. I don't need it to numb. I, I just, I've learned to sort of live with it and, and balance it. And I'm really happy with that. Um, and I also want to say that um, we, uh, last night in the bus, we wanted to get rid of all of our edibles. Um, Cause when you come into Texas, Texas can tend to be, uh, an interesting place to tour in the states they could pull your tour bus over and you can get to a lot of trouble for having that plant so almost everyone on the bus took a little bit of a nibble of um some edibles and uh i haven't done that in a long time and uh it kept me up i just my mind was racing i couldn't <laughs> stop thinking and i put on your most recent solo release and i just sat there in my bunk and just smiled and was really blown away by not only you just take people on this musical adventure with the you don't have a genre you stick with it just that record was just incredible i listened to the whole thing and i just sat in my bunk and really just enjoyed myself and it helped my brain because i was kind of going into weird places so yeah i guess it's really all i gotta say is i really enjoyed this chat i think you're a brilliant musician and uh i love everything you said today man it was brilliant i really enjoyed this and because it, it went by so quick I'd like to do it again at some point. Um, oh, yeah. You know, preferably. You're welcome on anytime, Ginger. Anytime. This is great. This was like just effortless. This is, this, this is what I wish life was like. <laughs> people and people go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe, you know, there's no unnecessary arguments. There's no someone beating the chest and stamping on the floor. It was just people talking. And that's really what I miss. So I could stay here all night. Well, let's throw this at you, Ginger. When Jesse eventually makes it back to the UK, hopefully if there's time, what we want to look to try and do is perhaps some form of gathering in person with, with a couple of guests and our listeners and, you know, just find a nice campsite somewhere around a real life fire, play some songs, tell some stories. So um, if we get to make that happen next year or in the near future, you will be one of the first, if not the very first UK guests that we hit up to come and come and join us i've just jumped the gun there but i'm guessing no, from everything perfect. jesse no. said that he's all over that plan no, absolutely I'm just 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 give me a date and then and a, and a place and i'll be there amazing and maggie too yeah yeah absolutely you don't get one of us anymore yeah. <laughs> i love it ginger thanks so much mate i knew this was going to be great it was a pleasure yeah, to brother. connect you too and, and thank you for just being you man out there in the world keep being you and um we'll talk soon beautiful yeah brother
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 